Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the show, Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and appreciate that you're taking time out of your day to listen and to get some good mental health, some good emotional health. And we are really focusing this week on friendship and how powerful friendships are and what they do for us and why we need friends. And we have lots of even physical, um, all kinds of social understanding of what friends really do for us and how good it is for our health when we have really good friends. And so we ended yesterday talking about Let's look at some signs of what a genuine friendship is and the health of your friendships and how you know if you have a healthy friendship with someone. And I do want to remind you again that we left off with that whole idea when God said to, you know, to Abraham, he said, you know, you're a, and he was called the friend of God. And so one of the best ways to be a good friend And to know what healthy friendships are is to be a friend of God, and he wants you to be his friend. And one of the best ways you can be a friend of God is to love the people that he loves and care for the people he loves and care for them well. And so I I want you to think about how you feel when your friends love the people that you love, even if they're difficult, when they love your family, they love your pets. You know, (laughs) it's really fun because my husband, he's not really a cat person. But we have a cat, and he loves the cat because I love the cat. And so he cares about the cat, and he would never pick a cat. But he's, my husband's my best friend. And so he loves the things that I love, and he loves the people that I love, even when they're difficult. So I want you to think about this idea that our relationship with God is the most personal relationship we could ever have. And we did talk about he's a jealous God. He doesn't want anything or anyone to come between you and him. And this is one of the most important issues that you could ever do in your life. The best way to have good emotional, psychological, spiritual health, even physical health. Be a friend of God. Let God be your friend. So let's look at some ways that we can tell that we have some, some, a genuine relationship, a genuine friendship with someone. And I like this. This came, I did a little bit of research again and came to find a lot of really amazing things about how you know if you have a genuine friendship. And this one's from the Huffington Post, which is, I don't generally um, go to that place, but I really liked a lot of what they had said. And so they started out with, you know, the 1967 song from the Beatles, And it's still an anthem for all friendships today. It says, I get by with a little help from my friends. So we know these special relationships, they do more than just get us by. Friends are those people that come over, what, they trap a mouse in your apartment? What do they do? They help you do things you don't necessarily want to do. They remind you to take care of yourself. 
They get us through relationship blunders. And the research really finds that friends help us live longer. We live longer when we have friends. Aristotle, he once described a true friend as a single soul dwelling in two bodies. But what differentiates really a true or a lasting friendship from another whatever temporary social bond that we might have? Well, Robert Downey, he's a certified psychiatrist, and he's the director of the Cleveland um, Clinic for Mood Disorders, he, that, the Mood Disorder Unit. And there are certain habits that genuine friends possess and which make them more than just family. And it's these characteristics, and sometimes it's even tough love, that create that indescribable bond. And I have friends. I have good friends that will confront me. In fact, I had a friend that recently confronted me, and she is probably the most introverted, nicest, kindest, most, and she finally just said, Cynthia, what is going on? Because I've had a very difficult last six months, and, and I've had so many things that have occurred. And I, when I went to Africa and, and got in this car accident right before I left, and then I got sick when I was in Africa, and I started doing these radio shows five days a week, and I'm still trying to finish this book that I'm writing that I'm really excited about. And she said, you know, you've canceled dinner with us three times. What's going on? And she said to me, she goes, I was so afraid to confront you, but I had to because she loves me. She cares about me. She values our relationship. And so sometimes tough love happens when you really have someone that loves you deeply. So let's look at this. One of the things that, that we know that happens in really genuine, true friendships what do they do? They push us to be more accepting of ourselves by accepting us. They help us to love ourselves. See, because one of the greatest faults can be our own negative self-criticism. And true friends lift us up when we're down. People feel better about themselves when they have close, supportive, encouraging people in their lives. I mean, whether it's feeling you know, inadequate in a job interview or just not liking what's staring back at us in the mirror, our closest friends, these are the ones who beg to differ when our opinion, our self-opinion becomes negative and critical. Real friends naturally boost your self-esteem. See, they see a version of us that we don't see. And in turn, helping out a friend, a good friend, in this way, you also feel better about yourself. The more loving you are to others, the more accepting you are to others, the easier it is to do that for yourself. And so like I said, genuine true friendships, they call us out when we're in the wrong. And they don't, not just for an argument's sake, but when we're actually wrong. Because we all have real flaws, and real friends identify them in what we would say a mindful manner, not spiteful but just for accountability's sake, because they want us to understand that, hey, you're better than this. What are you doing? You're better than this. This isn't you. And they really support us in the positive and the negatives. They support us on both sides. And this gentle honesty is what really sets genuine friendships apart from the weaker ones. If it's a superficial friend or a new friend, 
you know, they're not going to say anything that may be off-putting. But if it's a real friend, if it's someone you really trust, they know they can tell you exactly what's on their mind. Then that does not mean, obviously, that we don't filter, right? Because we don't want to be harsh or mean or cutting. But real friends are open, they're straightforward. These are the most important types of friends to have. And if you're feeling like you're friendless, you need to remind yourself that you have God as your best friend. And even though he's not in human form, he really fills in some of the gaps that people fail when they fail. The more you take advantage of God as your friend, the more that you befriend God, the more able you are to have friends here on earth. And so good friends, what are they? They're present. They're present with us. The greatest gift any friend can give us is full attention and awareness. And true friends, they make their presence a priority. Like we were talking about yesterday, friends take time. Humans need time. So a real friend stays present in the moment. They're paying attention to your needs, along with theirs. But they're not sitting there looking on their phone while you're trying to tell them some of your insecurities or your worries or your fretting or the last mistake you made or the hopes and dreams that you have. They're not, you know, looking at their phone. They're not talking to other people. They're present. They're looking at you. They're listening. They're taking it in. They're wanting to understand your experience. They stash their phones when they're with you. There was, this, there was a study done in the United Kingdom in 2012, and it found that even just the presence of a phone, even the presence has the ability to take away from personal connections. Even having it sitting there on the table changes the tone of what, of what that interaction is. So we need to put our phones away so that we don't see them. Because really genuine friends really listen. I mean, how many times have you tried to have a conversation with someone, you know, only for that person to turn the topic back onto him or herself? Now, I'm not saying that it isn't helpful when you say, oh my gosh, I relate to that. This is what happened to me. That's sharing. That, that's, that's saying, hey, I have the same experience. I know what you're feeling. But if you're with someone and every time you're trying to talk about what's going on with you, they take it as an opportunity to just talk about themselves and what they need. See, somehow venting moments and that catch-up session that you're really wanting to have, it's not, it's not quite as fulfilling when the conversations become one-sided. So being able to have this open, two-way dialogue with someone always improves the chances that the relationship is going to be stronger and more long-lasting. And there's another guy. He's an expert on, on listening. He's, his name is Paul Seiko. He's a PhD. He's an assistant professor at the University of Maryland Social, School of Social Work. And he's saying that the, the basic key to a balanced conversation is actively paying attention to another person. People who are really good listeners validate other people's feelings. It shows them that what you're saying is making sense. They're saying, hey, I really get it. 
I get what you're saying. And if they don't, they're going to say, hey, can you tell me a little bit more? Explain this better to me because I'm not sure I'm really getting it and I really want to get it. That's what good listeners do. Good listeners say, hey, this is what I heard you say. Is that accurate? Is that what you're feeling? Is that what you're thinking? Is that what you want? Is that what you need? That active listening, which means that I'm actually making the person across the table from me a priority. I'm really wanting to understand their world as they experience their world. I want to enter into their world and understand it so I can support it, so I can help them. I can confront them if I need to. I can validate them. I can cry with them, laugh with them, feel with them. You have to understand, I, I, I tell this to clients very frequently, and whenever I'm, I'm inter being interviewed about psychotherapy and, and, and how that really works, what I say to people is, the experience they have of me is oftentimes far more important than what I say. Because it's the experience that they have in my office that does the healing. Now, I certainly give a lot of education, obviously, life skills, these types of things. But if I'm not managing the experience that they're having, if they're not feeling valued, if they're not feeling like I'm really interested and that I care and love them and I want their life to be better and that that's my goal, my goal is to make their life better, then whatever confrontation or whatever education or life skill I'm trying to teach them, they're going to hear it much better and they're going to hear it differently. And they're going to be able to apply it much better. Because therapists, counselors, pastors, coaches, they're supposed to be your friend. And I'm a friend to my clients. Not necessarily a social friend, but I'm a friend. I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother to them. They know that whatever they're going to tell me I'm going to be able to manage. I'm not going to be shocked and surprised. I'm not going to say I don't want to see you anymore. I can't handle that problem. I'm not going to embarrass them. I'm not going to shame them. I'm interested in them. And I'm interested in whatever the dysfunction is and how that dysfunction occurred so that I can help them have the life that I know God really wants them to have. And they can feel that. And that experience of being valued of having another human interested in their life, even if those little details may seem inconsequential to other people. I think they're important because it's important to the person. So really genuine friends, good friends, support us through adversity. It's one of the things, you know, to have friends who provide support during times of success, but it's another thing when it's about grief and failures and things that you're not proud of. So to be able to know someone enough and to trust them enough to even allow them to support you through those tough times, to help you through those personal battles that we all have, that's a real friendship. The people who are in your life like that that's about as close to family as you can get. Sometimes it's better. 
because we are, all, we are all a part of God's family. So we have our family of origin. That's the, God, that, that's the family God placed us in in order to get us to adulthood, right? And then we have family that we've picked. And, f- and friends are the family of choice versus the family of origin. Now, it's wonderful if your family of origin, if some of them are your best friends. That, that's a bonus. But the ones you pick, that you choose as an adult, that becomes your family of choice. So what else do, what else do genuine friendships do? Well, they keep, they, they keep our stress in check. One of the hallmarks of a long-lasting friendship is knowing what makes the other person tick. What, what makes you work? Genuine friends sense duress. And if we let them, they can assist us in making better decisions. See, even when you're not looking for advice, really good friends, their presence alone can calm us. Just knowing that I'm in the, I, I'm in the company of a safe person, that they know me, they love me, they know my really good qualities, they know my not-so-great qualities, they accept me, they support me, they want to help me, they're interested in me. And there was a study that was done in 2011, and it found that spending time with a best, pr- best friend really beats stress, cuts down on stress. So you want to be that person, and you want to make sure that if you are that person, then that helps to bring out better qualities in your friends. We help each other be better friends. And friends, really genuine friends, they certainly keep us humble, don't they? <laughs> Like I told you, my one girlfriend, she says, Cynthia, what the heck? What's going on? You're canceling. You're canceling three times in a row now. We want to spend time with you. We love you. What's going on? So they keep us humble. And I had to humble myself and say, oh, my gosh, I was really, you know what? I did not know it was that many times, and I'm really sorry. And I'm so glad that you told me and that you care enough to tell me that you love me enough to want to spend time with me. So genuine friends... They celebrate every accomplishment, and they also remind us of our roots. Because genuine friends, you can't fake them out, right? And good friends will keep you in check to some degree. They don't let your head get too oversized, right? And it's not because they're condescending or demeaning. It's because they know you. And so they knew you before you made big or or achieved all kinds of accolades, And they know the deep down base version of you. So not only will they support you when you succeed, but they remind you of where you came from. In a positive or negative way, they'll say, hey, I knew you when. Yeah, you're amazing now, and I knew you when you weren't so amazing. Or they remind us by saying, hey, look how far you've come. Look what you've achieved. I've watched over the years. You struggle through things, work on things, accomplish things, stick, stick things out. That's what good friends do. We have history, and history is so important. History with people is really the bedrock of relationship. 
So you want to have good history. And good history doesn't mean that good things always happened. It means that we keep working on it. So really genuine friends, they have our backs. Even when life gets tricky. So it can be a stomach-churning scenario. You know, you're out with one of your coworkers when you see your good friend's significant other maybe flirting with someone else. So reporting that kind of information might be really uncomfortable, right? But close friends always step up and take the initiative, even if it's something the other person might not want to hear. Now, this is also an issue of timing. So we may want to wait for a particular time to tell really difficult information. Because supportiveness is crucial in friendships. Honesty isn't always an easy thing. But it's an important part of your bond. That's where trust occurs. Remember how we talked about God is a God who does not lie. That's why we can trust him. Now, the nice thing about God is, you know, there's lots of times where he he kind of doles out the stuff he wants to talk to me about, right? He doesn't want to, like, all in one shot tell me everything about me that's wrong. So he takes advantage of time. And even though God is not locked in time, we are. And he takes advantage of time. And so timeliness when it comes to difficult honesty is really important. So being the best friend you can be by being open always works out better. And we also, though, want to use wisdom. So really genuine friends, they make friendship a priority. Right? Like I told you about my girlfriend that confronted me. Spending time with me is a priority. And spend me spending time with her is a priority. So when I don't make it a priority, that was a good friend to confront me on that. Because you know, we have marriage, we have work, we have kids. Our days get really jam-packed. And sometimes we become unavailable, but real friends don't let life interrupt a relationship, whether it's carving out some time for a catch-up call, planning a visit. We make friends a priority. And so one of the things that gets in the way of these bonds is when people don't make time to be truly with their friends. If you don't purposefully make the time, it hinders the friendships overall. And it's one of the reasons why friendships fall by the wayside. Now what you want to think about is the human capacity. We, we, we have limited capacity with how many people we can manage, how many people we can actually be close to because people take time. So I'm glad you joined me today. I want you to be a good friend. I want you to have good friendships. And I want you to take advantage of a God that wants to be your friend, that loves you deeply and wants to spend time with you as well. So make sure you make time for that primary relationship, which is God. And you give him the time that he's so willing to give you. So this is Conversations with Cynthia. Join me tomorrow as we talk more about genuine friendships and when they're not. What, what are signs that they're not good? They're not good friendships. Have a blessed day. Take good care of yourself. Take good care of your friends. Thanks, Jeremy. You're the best. Appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow.
To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.